Hey, Top Fans, it's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here with another face, another new face, a team that we've talked about, but another new face who's got an incredibly interesting perspective on it. I've had some great chats with him offline, and I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to tell you guys tonight. Sam, welcome to the podcast for the first time. Thanks so much, Bill. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy baseball is back, and I'm happy we get to talk baseball. Oh, man, I tell you what, this is the best part of my day or night is talking baseball. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk baseball. Now, for those of you top fans that can't see this, I already know the answer to this question. So if you end up watching on YouTube, don't think I'm dumb. Sam, who's your favorite team? It's going to be the San Francisco Giants, my friend. San Francisco all day. This is another Dodger fan interviewing a Giants fan. That's it. I quit. I'm out of here. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sam, tell me how that happened. So, I'm a fourth-generation Giants fan. My great-grandfather, my grandfather, both Giants fans. My dad was born in 1954 when they won. There's actually a picture of my dad as a baby sitting on my grandfather's lap. And in the background, there's a pic on the TV screen. It says, Giants beat Indians World Series champs, 1954. And when they moved out to San Francisco and Dodgers moved out in the, you know, 56, 58 time frame, my, my family was like, you know, we, we still love them. We're not going to convert. <laughs> so followed them out there. And uh, yeah, been grew up a Giants fan, grew up bleeding black and orange and, you know. Uh, I, not to take any no offense, uh, I hope you take no offense to this as a Dodgers fan. But my father grew me up saying, "Sam, you have, you have two, you have two birthrights in life." And I was like, "What's that?" He was like, "Love the Giants, hate the Dodgers." <laughs> and that's my birthright. That's my birthright. I guess I'm stuck. Got to do what it. you got to do. Got to do. What you, I can't make the dad. I can't make your dad. You know, upset. You gotta. You gotta keep him happy. It's kind There's- of goes with the territory. The last time I was in New York um, was pre-Uber Lyft, right? Okay. And so I was staying over by Battery Park, and I get in a taxi cab over at JFK. And now Mm. I'm a Dodger fan. I know that Ebbets Field goes on Flatbush. You know, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm not good with directions. I've been to the city a couple of times. All of a sudden, I recognize we're on Flatbush, and I see Ebbets Field Apartments. And I asked the cabbie, I said, what are we doing in Brooklyn? Oh, we're not in Brooklyn. We're almost there. I said, that's Evan Field Apartments where the Dodgers used to play. So get me to Battery Park. And we passed by a sign that literally said, bring our Dodgers home. And I'm like, bring whose Dodgers where? They are home. What are you talking about? <laughs> bring the Dodgers. So your family's the same way. Now, top fans, here's what's interesting about Sam. He's an East Coast guy. His family, polo grounders. This is deep, mm-hmm. deep, deep Giants roots. This isn't just hey, I stopped at a game at Oracle Park. <laughs> this yeah. goes we, we, my dad, remember, my dad used to go down by the polo grounds before it got all destroyed and everything like that when he was growing up. And, you know, he, he got to go there and it was nice for him. But, you know, we're okay calling San Francisco home for them. We know that it's the right place for them. It's it fits who they are. It fits their culture, and they love them there. You know, the, you can you can go to San Francisco and not 
the fan base there is just so strong. And it's nice for us being East Coast Giants fans because my dad's a member of the New York Giants Heritage Society. I'm joining. And the largest, the second largest San Francisco Giants fan base is New York. So when they won in 2010 and 12 and 14, what was cool was is that the Giants brought the trophy back yep. to New York. And my dad, my dad ended up going to see the trophy. Um, they brought it to the Hilton Grand whatever in Times Square. Willie was there. Buster was there. Um, in 12 or 14, Joe Panic was there. And my funny, real quick, funny story when my dad went and he saw Panic and Willie Mays, you know, Willie would ask Joe a question and Joe would be like, Yes, Mr. Mays. Yes, Mr. Mays. Whatever you say, Mr. Mays. And it, it's as you should. You you don't treat Willie with disrespect. He gets the utmost respect. And it, it was just funny. He would always go be like, you're a little young. You got, you know, the clean face there. You, you look like a little kid. <laughs> just be so funny. But then they would bring the championship to a to a San Francisco bar called Finnerty's in New York. And we would all go. Well, my dad would already be there. We would meet up with him. We'd go. We'd see the trophy. We'd take our pictures. It was great. So uh, I couldn't be happier to be a fourth-generation East Coast Giants fan. Keep the legacy alive. <laughs> Listen, there's I, I'm a baseball, like you, I'm a baseball history guy, and I love mm-hmm. hearing that stuff. Um, there was a saying on a – there was a saying on a documentary I watched one time, and I thought maybe, mm-hmm. like, it was a fallacy. But one night – I told you I was working for a company out in Jersey. One night we're mm-hmm. down in Florida and the CEO had a little bit too much to drink. And I was the DD. So I drove him back to the hotel and he knew I was a Dodger fan. He, he says, I'm a Mets fan because they're close, but I'm a diehard Dodger fan at heart. And he grew up, he remembers as a little, little kid, three or four mm-hmm. going to, to Ebbets field. And so I asked him, I said, you know, and I won't tell you his name, but I, I asked him, I said, listen, <laughs> You got a gun, you got you got two bullets. You got Hitler, Mussolini, and Walter O'Malley all standing there. Who do you shoot? He goes, simple, you shoot O'Malley twice. And yeah. I was like, whoa, so this is real. Like, this is real. These guys, now, no disrespect to, to people that have bad things happen to them. I'm not, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but do you, I mean, this is deep. This goes deep. No, it, so... So you, I'm assu- so I'm assuming you know the history <clears throat> behind the like the Mets and their colors and things like, mm-hmm. and you know, and for people that don't know, the Mets were created because after the Giants and the Dodgers left New York, and there was only new, and there was only the Yankees, they were like, well, we need another team here, so they put the Mets there, and they or the Metropolitans, as their official name needs to be called. Um, but the colors, the orange and the blue are the, brings the history of the Dodgers and the Giants back. And I can't tell you how many Mets fans I've talked to about this and have no clue that the color scheme is due to the Giants and the Mets or the Giants and the Dodgers. Dodgers. No one gets it. It, It's, I'm like, how are you a Mets fan? You don't know this. Like, this is your history. (laughs) But 
but when the Dodgers left New York, because my, you know, being my dad's a giant, my whole family's Giants fans, you know, when the Dodgers left New York, a lot of Dodgers fans that didn't know the history of why and the reasoning as to why they left took it personal. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like in a little way, like it ate at them alive. Like, and they didn't want to become Yankee fans because then everyone was a Yankee fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, when the, so when the Mets were finally brought to inception, the New York Dodger fans were like, well, now we got a team we can root for again. This can be our team. So they took it. Yeah. And go ahead. And it, no, I was going to say, you know, you saw some Giants fans go, but most Giants fans were like, we know you didn't do it out of hate. We know you didn't like do it maliciously. So they stuck with them. But the Dodger fans in New York that really got upset, they took it personal. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, oh, yeah. That's truth. And it's, and it's, you know, it's interesting because you and I, Sam, don't, we don't see this, right? A-Rod doesn't live in our neighborhood, right? <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, Pete Alonso doesn't live in your neighborhood, right? Uh, you know, these guys, don't, they don't live in your neighborhood, right? But during that time with Mays and with Maris and Manel and Yogi and, and all these guys, these, mm-hmm. you know, the Dodgers hey, do ben. and... And Peewee, they all lived in your neighborhood, right? Yep. And their kids played with your kids. It wasn't a big deal to to see Duke walking down to Ebbets Field or see Willie walking down to the Polo Grounds or Jackie leaving yeah. Ebbets Field to walk home. Or, it wasn't a big deal. or like we were talking about earlier, Yogi being in the park at the stickball fields, handing yeah. out, you know, this is normal for them. Now, all these guys are in sky rises out in the middle of nowhere in these big multi-million dollar mansions, driving their cars. And look, power to you. I'm happy that baseball has become to a point where these guys can take care of their families for long term and this, that, and the other. But, you know, it's kind of like what we talked about with the CBA earlier, you know, before we got on, it, you know, it, it impacts us. As fans, that stuff impacts us. And when we don't have it, the wrench it throws in our days and our lives, it it really, really becomes a thing. And you know, just from the stuff I read, it was from the stuff I read, it wasn't even, you know, not to go too deep into it. I, I just don't know why they couldn't just come to some type of agreement. Like the owners need to realize that they're going to have to give up some stuff and the players are going to have to realize that they're going to have to give up some stuff and no one's ever going to be a hundred percent happy, but come to some type of common fucking ground and just deal with it. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, right? I, I mean, to a person, Sam, if you listen to every one of these podcasts to a person, when I ask them that same question, how they became the fan of their team, Mm-hmm. grandma grandpa dad uncle cousin brother somebody took them to a game or whatever and let's be mm-hmm. honest right we all live hectic lives and these players do too they they're no different yep. than than us but their job is to play at night right our job is to go make money so that we can support them right so all we want to mm-hmm. do is we come home we've had a bad day right we want to come home we want to grab you know something out of the refrigerator to drink maybe get a little food in us and sit down and watch three or four or five innings of a game. You take that away from us, especially after a pandemic, 
what else you want to take? You want my my pinky toe too? Take it. I mean, <laughs> what else are you going to take from me? Like, you well, know, it, you 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 hit the nail right on the head with that because you know when the pandemic hit back in 20, you know a couple of years ago, which you think it's like forever ago. It was only like two years ago. It's like, but it feels like and we're forever. still kind. It feels like forever, and we're still kind of dealing with it. But you know. I realized that there was a lot of things going on in the world. And I realized that like, look, we're going to lose things and we're going to have to deal with it. But my dad, who is at the time was in his mid sixties, you know, getting ready to retire him losing baseball right at the start of the pandemic, we were supposed to go out to when everything shut down, it was literally the week before we were supposed to fly out to spring training. And me and my dad have been going out to spring training for 12 years. Always go out around the week of things, uh, right around the week of St. Patrick's Day. We're there from a Wednesday to a Sunday. We see five games. It's right before the season starts. So you get to see all these players that are right about to go in and start playing the ball, start playing ball. And everything shut down. And then it was a month. And then it was two months. And the, and the distort and the sadness and the number of times my dad watched the World Series championships on repeat from 10, 12, and 14. I literally almost memorized everything that these guys had said during the entire time because my dad literally watched it on repeat for weeks. It was bad. So, it, so who won uh, the 2020 World Series? So I don't remember. Oh, um. The the sixty game, not a real World Series. Oh, here World we Series. go. This guy. Yeah, well, we we don't know, look, we don't have the time to go into this debate. <laughs> if you want to sit down and go into a whole episode about this, I will be more than happy. Uh, so you and me don't have the time to go into this. <laughs> What's funny is everybody will say that, but if you would have won the World Series, you was the Giants. It would have been all proud Giants. <laughs> so. I think so to really try to make that point quick, I thought about this. And even even if my team had won the World Series, which I knew my team wasn't going to, but even if they had, I would have still done, I would have still put an asterisk, asterisk next to it. And I would have. And it's not for the that, fact yeah. that yeah, it's not that I wouldn't have wanted to take the credit away from the team. They fought for 60 games, they had they played well, whatever, you know, this and the other. Great. Congratulations, you won. But 60 games where the chances of injuries and guys getting hurt and needing to be rotated out and rotated in and, and pull-ups, it, it's, you know, it's a, whole, it's a whole thing. And when you get 60 games, you got a way better chance of keeping your starting roster through 60 games than you do through 162 games. But – the flip side to that, and I tell this to Angel fans, Angel fans are still crusty out here in Orange County. There's still oh, that wasn't oh, World Series. I would be, I would, I would be crusty too if you had Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and you had Albert Pujols, and you still couldn't win a fucking. Well, that's World what Series. I try to tell them. I'm like, 20 out of the 30 teams made the playoffs. You guys didn't make it, so stop it. But here's here's what I'm going to tell you. The flip side to that though is every blown call, every bad, like missed. Um, missed hit and run sign. Every error was magnified because you couldn't you couldn't go on a ten game losing streak because you only have sixty games. Yeah, right. No, you're you're right. And if you want to talk umpires making bad calls, again, we could have a whole episode about Angel Hernandez. I was just gonna say there's a <laughs> there is a thing on the site 
called Angel's Not an Angel. He's uh, not. I, Angel I, is... I, top fan I, wrote it. I, I have wanted to start so many remove Angel Hernandez petition, petitions. He needs to... Be, again, we could go on an entire 30-minute episode about this, but Angel Hernandez, in the short, needs to be fired. He needs to have his MLB... Re- umpire's license or whatever he gets revoked and he needs to go back to peewees or little league because he don't know crap yeah that's it amen amen all right switching Ah. from angel hernandez who's now your favorite umpire and i agree with you actually tell me about your favorite player past and present giant or not doesn't matter past all right so if we're looking at present giants fans you know there's a lot a lot of Giants fans will say Brandon Crawford. And I love Brandon. I love Brandon Crawford. But to me, right now, I'm stuck between actually two players. And it's Lamont Wade Jr. Okay. and Mike Yastrzemski. Okay. Okay. And, you know, look, I may get the Red Sox fans that listen. They're like, you're just following the Carl Yastrzemski bandwagon. Huh? Look, if Mike Yastrzemski wanted to follow the bandwagon, he would have done what Carl did and found a way to stay with Baltimore throughout his entire career and dominated on the team. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a chance to do it. He came to San Francisco and he has made a name for himself as being a fantastic defensive, defensive left fielder and or right fielder. And yeah, does he need to figure out at some point his bat swing? Yeah. But you know what, when he gets on a tear, that boy could hit a home run in every other game in any other ballpark across the country. So let me and tell you that. Lamont. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something about Mike real quick. Just have him play the Dodgers 162 games because he turns it on every time he plays the Dodgers. He drives me insane. He could, you see the little thing and it says he's batting 188. Then he bats 500 in a three game series. I'm like, that's it. I quit. Right. Every time. Anyways, go ahead with Lamont. And so Lamont, you know, he's another one that was on a team and just wasn't getting a shot. And I don't know if it's Gabe Kepler coming in and saying, we're going to have fun and you're going to play multiple positions and we're going to really like try to enjoy the time that we're playing and we're going to win and we're going to lose and we're going to do it together. But he came in and just got hot and never let that fire burn out. And, you know, me and my dad would talk last year about it. And my dad being in New Hampshire and me being in in Jersey, we would call each other every night. And we were like, where did this kid come from? Like, this kid came out of literal left field playing, not only just playing left field, but literally came out of left field, as the saying goes. And, again, just became a hot corner. And, you know, I'm stuck between those two. and. It's not like – to me, it's not like the choice of which jersey to get because I'll get both minus the fact that Yastrzemski goes all the way around oh. like a giant you, <laughs> And Wade is – Right. That's it. But, um, but no, these guys – those guys are just on a tear, and they're setting a precedence for what the team is looking to do mm-hmm. for the next three to five years. And the good thing is they're under contract and arbitration for the next th- five years. So I don't have to worry about them going anywhere. But if we're going to talk past players, um, you know, when I was really young, I lo- and 
look, I know I'm going to get heat about this from Dodger fans, and I'm probably going to get heat about it from everything. I was a Barry Bonds fan when I was younger. I would go to City Field. Me and my dad would, at the time, we would sit in the outfield and left field when Barry was there. And the stories I could tell you as an eight-year-old of 30-year-old drunk guys behind me, cursing Barry off, throwing up hyperbaric needles, like, you suck. You shouldn't be playing. Go on, Roy. Like, beyond. But when that man got up to the plate, everyone's camera was out. That stadium was silent. Everyone was waiting to take that picture. Everyone was waiting to take that picture. And so he was one of my favorite players when I was young. I was also a big JT Snow fan. um, And I really loved how Will Clark played the game. You know, you could look at how Will the Thrill, he he had so much energy and he was a class act through and through. Um, If we're taking more recent retired players, uh, I got to go with the guy on my back. Hands. Hands. Nice. Good call. Um, he, you know what it was when they were in that World Series run in 12 and 14, when they had traded for him in 12 and brought him in, he, you know, he brought that, he reignited that fire of team camaraderie and, you know, going out there and giving it your all and putting your body out on the line. Because you'll even look at the 2010 World Series, and while that team played like a team, they were still pretty much nine individual guys on the field where Hunter came in there and basically said, no, we're going to be a unit and we're going to just go out and we're just going to set a precedent and dominate whatever is in front of us. And, you know, for the eight years he was on eight to nine years, he was on the team. I, I was just astonished and everyone loves Buster. I mean, so I love the fact that Pence was just a down-home guy, you know, riding a skateboard mm-hmm. to the stadium. I'll have to tell you, I had a lot of respect for Barry until one thing happened. One thing happened. Okay. And I'll tell you this. So I was a pitcher in high school and some in college uh, growing mm-hmm. up. And that's what I wanted to do for a living is I wanted to play professional baseball. I wanted to pitch. Um, yeah. And as a pitcher, you're trained a certain way to think a certain way. You're trained – Hey, that guy's got a weapon 60 feet, six inches away from me. I'm better than him. I'm going to get him out. Oh, he got a base hit. Okay. I got to adjust on how things go, right? Dodgers, Giants, end of the season. I want to say it was either 97 or 98. Uh, Best out of three series, uh, winner take all. Two out of three wins. um, It's the way you you want want the season to end. Exactly. Barry comes up in the first inning against Darren Dryford. He hits this moonshot, which is not uncommon for Barry. He takes about six steps down first baseline, and he does a 360 as he's running, and then he keeps going. Okay. Now, this is – now, my, that's nothing comparable to today's sport. But this is right. 25 years ago. Yeah, I was right? going to say, I know, I know where your mind is going. It, I know it, exactly where your mind is going. This is – I remember that. I remember watching replays of that spin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember fans going absolutely bonkers yeah. that they, like, they had the goal to do it. Yeah. Dude. I mean, 
the flip side of that coin, right? I will always have respect for the flying Hawaiian, Shane Vickerino. He's mm-hmm. in LA. It's the playoffs. I want to say it's 09, right? Mm-hmm. And something had just happened. I can't remember who they hit a Dodger. Shane comes up, leads off the inning. He knows he's going to get hit, right? This is the yeah. this is the game inside the game. And I can't remember who was pitching, but he threw a ball over his head. And Shane looked at him and says, hit me in the side, not in the head. Hit me in the side. Like, yeah. he knew he was going to get hit. He just said, hit me in the side. Don't hit me in my head. Whereas Barry Bonds, yeah. when he did that, I was thinking as a pitcher, all right, guess what? Revenge is mine, saith Bill. I'm going after you, and I'm going to make it hurt, right? And yeah. so, fortunately, Darren had a little bit more control than I did, but I, and he didn't <laughs> do it. But I got to tell you, I love Barry Bonds. I mean, he did some amazing things in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He did amazing things in Pittsburgh. He, you know, it. I'm going to be indifferent about the MLB or the reporters not voting him in because my feeling is this. He was, he was a first ballot, round ballot Hall of Famer before it all happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before everything came out, he was going into the Hall of Fame. He was the next coming. He was like the Ken Griffey Jr. He was in that realm. Like, you looked at those, you looked at, you looked at Ken and you looked at Barry and you were like, okay, these are the future of baseball. This is it. This is it. That's it. Okay. We know what, we know what the next phase is coming. And, you know, do, am I upset that he didn't, am I upset that he didn't get in off of the reporter vote? Yeah. Are there other ways he can eventually get in, which are just going to cause so many? Yes. And will he probably get in in that way? Probably. And what's crazy is you even talk to players now. You look at what players reported. When he didn't get the vote and players were going online, they were all saying, how are you not letting him in? Like, it yeah. just made no, no sense. It just made no it's, sense. It's, it's going to be it's gonna be one of those. And, I, and I'm, I'm trying to stay apolitical here. But I think you'll read between the lines. I think it's going to be a veterans committee made up mm-hmm. of maybe potential steroid era players that are going to let guys in like Barry, like Roger, like Kurt, like maybe even A Rod. You know, maybe I mean McGuire would be a stretch. McGuire, right? Sosa. It, I mean, Sosa was the biggest. Sosa was the was the really ignition to the flame. Right. But so just like I mean, you go as a jury of your peers, that's what you're going to get to get Barry and these guys in. Yeah. And you know what? If that's the way he's got to go, that's the way he's got to go. But he deserves to be in regardless. That's my feeling exactly. on that. I but, love it. I actually agree with you. Switch, switch me gears. Okay. So you told me about your favorite, favorite team, favorite players. Um, now tell me about what ballparks you've been to. Oh, ballparks. Oh, my God. So, I mean, as a Giants fan, I am, as an East Coast Giants fan, I am lucky enough to say I have been to Oracle Park as it is written now, previously Pac Bell, previously AT&T, previously we could just keep going down the names because that ballpark has changed names by sponsors so many times. Um, Taking it from, but now let's, that's the only, honestly, West Coast Stadium I have physically been inside of. 
Now I've been I've been outside of Petco, but okay. I've never been inside of Petco. Okay. I almost broke into Petco, but mm-hmm. I didn't because I had friends that were like, "You will get arrested," and I was like, "It's just the pee." God, and they were like, "Just come on, we're on vacation. We're twenty years old. Let's not be stupid." I was like, "Fine." <laughs> um, but taking it from the East Coast, I've been to Fenway, uh, City. City Field, I've been to Shea. Okay. So, if real baseball fans, that's the old Mets stadium, if you don't know. Uh, both old and new Yankee Stadium. I actually saw, and I got it right here. So, real quick, I'm going to pull this out because I know you will appreciate this. Okay. Let's see what he's got going this, on here. This is... Oh, the ticket stub from David Wells's perfect game at Old Yankee Stadium. Nice. The Beanie Baby from that game because it was Beanie Baby Day. The card that came with the Beanie Baby. Okay. And an autograph ball from David Wells for the same day. You got it. You got it all right there. That I've got that right there is my masterpiece. <laughs> I've completed everything that I got right there. I'm good. I, when when I need to retire, this yeah. is it. There you go. There you go. I'm gonna find the I'm gonna find the one Yankee fan that's gonna pay me multiple millions of dollars for this, and it's gonna be <laughs> sold. David Wells's third cousin twice removed. I'm sure that you know they're right. Um, but I've also been to Citizens Bank, and luckily yeah. enough, I now live ten minutes. I will be living ten minutes away from it come the end of April. Um, I've been to Nationals Park. Where else? I've been to Camden, Camden Yards, and right now, I'm thinking correctly and thoroughly. That is all. Okay, so but I've been to a decent number. You have so tell me your your favorite park of those that you've been to. Uh, you know, taking it from different perspectives. Look, I'm all, I'm a Giants fan, so right, Giants that will always be number one. But if I take it from outside of a Giants perspective, Fenway was so unique because of its history. You walk into Fenway, and I don't know if you've ever walked into Fenway. But when you walk in, it the history and traditional field of baseball just oozes out of the walls. The, st- the seats in Fenway are still the original seats. You walk in, it hasn't changed. Yeah. I have talked to Red Sox fans that have said that if they tried to build another stadium, the fans would just burn it down. Right. They don't want another. Um, I've been there. I like... I've been there. I've taken the tour. I haven't been to a game. And they were actually, in, they weren't home when we were there. So we took the tour. Yeah. The, the stadium, when you watch it for a game, it's just so awesome. It really is. Um, and the green monsters, huge, you yeah. know, um, I really, really like uh, national park. National park is cool. 
It's got that walkway that comes up where they have the bullpen right on the left hand or in the right hand side when you walk up, which is a huge bar where they have concerts before the game and things like that. And you walk right in and you walk to the outfield of the stadium from that entrance and you just see the whole thing and it's really cool. Um, and then Camden. Camden was probably my next favorite after that. I just and dropped that a podcast. one. Again, just no, I was gonna say just real quick that one just again exuded history. You know, you walk in, you see all the things. Cal Ripken Jr.'s memorial is there. Um, and what else is interesting about that one is that if you don't, if you don't know, you go over right field and you go into a you if you hit a ball out of right field, out of the park in right field, it goes into a factory. You're hitting the building that's across the street from it. Yeah. So we just dropped a podcast today from an Orioles fan. Okay. He was telling me about Camden Yards and, and the, the history of it. And, and I've talked to a couple of Orioles fans and like, hey, it's not in the best neighborhood. But the history of it, and I'm like, okay, so what is, have you, anybody been to the Bronx? I mean, come on. That's not like you're walking through Disneyland. <laughs> so, so, you know what it is? Camden Yards is right downtown. It's right yeah. on the Inner Harbor. So, you know, it's downtown Baltimore. It's, it's nice. If you go, it, it's one of those things like in New York where you could go two streets to the left and be fine, but if you're on the main trip and you go two streets to the right, you could be in a very dangerous area. So yes. it's, it's that. It's one of those. It's literally a six of one, half dozen of the other type of situation. And I've been to Baltimore numerous times. because You know, we've talked about it. I'm a Ravens fan. So I've been to Baltimore. I've seen multiple games in Baltimore. Um, but that's what it is. That's why people will always be like, oh, it's a dangerous area. It's if you, if you can handle New York, you can handle Baltimore. It's nothing crazy. There you go. So tell me what's on your – give me uh, three stadiums that's on your bucket list to visit. Unlimited Wrigley. funds, you're going to go to three spots. Where are you going to go? I'm going to Wrigley. Okay. Um, I'm going to Kansas City. Oh, okay. Coffin. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm going to a stadium I haven't been to before, I have unlimited funds, and I don't know how Giants fans will take it when I say it, but I'm but I'm going to LA. There you go. I'm going to LA. You got to. I'm going to see the Giants play in LA. But you know, the, the thing with LA is, is like, I I love the LA Stadium because it almost reminds me kind of like one of those 1960s, 70s TV shows. Yeah. Wait, put you it. know, it's it, it's open. The screen is kind of that little tilt, and it kind of looks like it's on an angle. It. It just gives me that, like, 1960s, 1970s feel. And it's cool because they haven't changed it. You know, it, it's, sim- like, similar to, um, you know, uh, what was it? Like, you know, like a Wrigley, like a Fenway. Fenway. Like, it was built. They never changed it. They never moved it. They didn't want to rebuild another one. You know, San Francisco, the Giants, we didn't have that luxury. We didn't have that luxury being able to keep our stadium for a long-term period because of the earthquake. And believe me. I know old school Giants fans that were like, we love the new stadium, but we miss the old one. Yeah. Yeah. This comes with Candlestick it. Candlestick Park. But, yeah. 
Yeah, Candlestick. Candlestick was my my dad and I when I was younger. We bought my grandfather before he passed. God rest his soul. Um, a replica, mini replica of the Polo Grounds and a mini replica of Candlestick. Perfect. And he loved it. It was like Perfect. it was the two things on his desk that he treasured more than anything else. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I I gotta tell you, it was funny. My wife's gonna kill me for telling this story on this podcast. But <laughs> a number of years ago, she we were looking to decorate my office, right? Mm-hmm. And she loves finding old school pictures and stuff and baseball pictures. And she found a gorgeous picture. She showed it to me later a gorgeous picture of Ebbets Field. That's not one of the ones that you would normally, like when you Google Ebbets Field, it's usually the background with the rotunda yep. and all this stuff. It was just a gorgeous picture. And she's like, well, I thought that was where the Giants played. I'm like, I don't know. So she didn't <laughs> buy it. And I'm like, uh, that's where the Dodgers played, honey. The Giants played the polo grounds. Polo grounds. Remember that? Polo ground. Woo. Oh. I'm on the phone with the divorce attorney. How much is it going to cost me? <laughs> you know, if you watch me through the numbers, and I'm like, she can come home. It's okay. Just, no, she, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> when she hears this, she's going to kill me. But well, hey, I was going to say with you and Philly, it's okay. It's I was cool. going to, I was going to say we, I was going to say originally we could just keep it between you and me, but there's going to be thousands of people that listen. Yeah, to this is not going just between you and me. <laughs> All right. So the last, my last question. So in the last two minutes, Sam, mm-hmm. tell me, and, and you and I talked about this offline already, yeah. but I'm curious, what are you looking to most? The season starts on the 7th, uh, you know, April 7th. It starts a couple mm-hmm. weeks from now. We're, we're filming this before it drops, obviously. Yeah. But what are you looking to most? What are you looking forward to most? You know, as a, I, I've mentioned to you, I, I'm, well, being a diehard Giants fan, I am a baseball fan. I'm a traditionalist. I'm a, you know, you could put me in, you could put me at a game at a stadium, even if my team's not playing, and I will thoroughly enjoy sitting there for nine innings, start to finish, fresh metal to grass, everything. Um, I'm happy to see them back. Honestly, with everything that happened with the CBA, the length of time, the back and forth, the never ending. It's almost there. We're not close. I'm just happy it's over. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm excited to see. I'm just excited. It's, you know, baseball being back for me is pretty back to my childhood where it was five months of something to watch every day and exciting and wanting to be outside and, have the chance to see your players and your fans and friends that you've met at games that you don't get to see all the time because you don't go to games, you know, uh, it's yeah. And, you know, being that I'm a Giants fan, I'm lucky enough to have an amazing fiance. That's a Phillies fan. So we get to go to the Phillies games. I have friends that are Phillies fans. So they come down for the games. Um, and being where I am, I'm actually in a lucky spot because I'm about two and a half to three hours north of Camden yards. I'm four and a half hours. I'm four hours north of national park and I'm 15 minutes from city field and I'm an hour and a half south of city field. So I'm in this lucky position that I could go six ways to Sunday and figure out which game I want to go see uh, which team and which stadium and, 
it's it's just exciting that baseball is back and we get to all enjoy it as baseball fans, you know, and say at least knock on wood for the next five years. I don't have to worry about any type of bargaining or disagreements or someone complaining that they're not getting something that they don't want and either an owner or a player being a giant baby about it. You mean 700,000 isn't enough as a league minimum, I tell you. Apparently, I mean, well, says again, that's that, a conversation for a whole that's other That's neither thing. here nor there. That's either here nor there. Sam, you have been, we're going to have, you need to come back. Okay. You need to oh. come back. We've got some fantastic podcasts that are coming up. So tell me you're going to come back right here, oh. right now. Bill, you, you give me a call two, three days in advance. I'm there. Whether I'm sitting in, at my desk or I'm on my phone and I'm doing this from my phone because I am going through a move within the next six weeks. Um, I will be there. You just got to call me. Awesome. Top fans, this is Sam. He is phenomenal. I I was looking forward to this interview a lot because of his history. I listen, Dodger fans. This is a guy who loves the Giants. It's a family thing, and it's generational. And I absolutely love that. So, Sam, you have been phenomenal. Um, I yeah. love all the ballparks you've been to. I love your love for the game. That's that's mine too. Top fans, mm-hmm. listen to this. Leave us a comment. You're you might even see Sam come up on a couple of written articles or a couple of things throughout the year. So leave us some comments. Let us know what you think. Doesn't matter. We're we're, we're grown men. We can handle it. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're here for the, it all. <laughs> there you go. The good, the bad, and the Giants fan. No, I mean not just the ah! good, the <laughs> Sam. Thanks for coming to the clubhouse tonight. Anytime, I so Bill. appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet.